Welcome to Hashing Out the Law, Episode 19, Censorship in the Media. I'm your host, Arash Hashemi. This is the podcast where we discuss and hash out legal issues and or topics. Our guest this episode is Camille Todaro. She's a freelance journalist and a contributing writer for Penthouse Magazine. Camille has also authored two books, a fiction novel named Kept and a self-help coffee table book called Pardon Me for Being Proud. In this episode, Camille and I talk about free speech, intrusive effects of censorship in the media, and the Me Too movement and its effects on men. Okay, I have with me Camille Todero. She's a contributing author for various magazines, including Penthouse, B Magazine, Modern Luxury. Uh, she's the author of two books. And we are going to discuss some interesting topics today. How are you, Camille? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Let's talk about, before we get into the, what we're going to talk about, let's, let's talk about your work a little bit. So you, I know you're a contributing author for, for Penthouse, D Magazine, and, and other publications as well. You want to tell us a little bit about uh, the, the work you've done? Sure. Um Penhouse was my first uh, national byline, and from there it's just kind of snowballed. Um, Penhouse, obviously, uh, you know, been around for a really long time. Um, most of the audience is male, but we have plenty of uh, females that also read it. Um, you know, and we just had a rebranding, so, um, you know, people tend to think that Penhouse is just, you know, nude pictorials and hot chicks, but we actually have a team of, of some really talented writers, uh, people that think freely, people that aren't um, scared to fire back at the sanctimony, um, you know, and um, I think now uh, thinking freely and speaking your mind is really important, uh, especially right now because of how split we are with, you know, gender politics and all that type of stuff. Um, so yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Um, that actually is a good, good segue into what we were going to talk about. Uh, Penthouse throughout the years has had great writers and, uh, mm-hmm. they've, they've, they've talked about, um, uh, issues that other writers or other publications wouldn't talk about because it was too controversial, but uh, they've actually taken the lead in some, in, in some of these areas. Now, you mentioned the split that we have and, and the politics and everything. One of the things that um, I want to talk to you about, and, and it's a topic that I think you're interested in, is intrusive effects of censorship in the media. Now, could you a little elaborate on, on what that really means? What is, uh, for, the, for the listeners who don't understand or, or don't know what you mean by intrusive effects of censorship in the media? Sure. Um, yeah, so... Um some of the people that I work with at Penn House have written for Vice and other outlets. And just to give you a prime example, um, I have a good friend of mine. Um, I won't name him, but he uh, he uh, wrote for Vice for a very long time. And uh, probably about two months back was under fire over a piece that he wrote that, that was published back in like 2005. And it was a parody piece and it was titled how to you know bang a stripper and it was a comical piece and people just tore him apart I mean I mean went crazy 
over this piece, calling him racist, calling him this, calling him that. And um, people were trying to get him, like, fired. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. Like, not everything is about you, (laughs) okay? Like, you can't have a free press when you're writing about something and then people come back, like, 13 years later and try to tell you to take it down because it's somehow all about you. Um, And... I think that people uh, these days, it just seems like people are just looking for something to be offended by. Um, I think that there's a difference uh, between someone that is actually racist or sexist or homophobic versus someone that just wrote a piece that is a parody piece and people just take it out of context and you know call for it to be taken down and all this stuff you know and the it's really crazy you know and um yeah i i agree with you i agree with you no 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 problem i agree with you and uh and one of the other things that that's similar to this is uh i was reading an article about a month ago and at first i thought it was a joke but they were talking about how Seinfeld is, in, you know, the the the, the series, the yeah. show Seinfeld is, is improper and it's racist and whatever. And I couldn't, believe, <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, and then what you're talking about is, is sort of like what Kevin Hart went through with his tweets from a long time yes. ago. Yes. Uh, and and he's coming under fire and you know uh, and, and he didn't host the Oscars and back and forth. So I do agree with you. It seems like society has gone to has tried to be so politically correct where it has had a reverse effect if you don't agree with someone you're automatically a racist or you're automatically yes. a bigot or, or, or yes. you're stupid yeah 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 so how do we reverse that how do we how do we you know make people understand that it's okay to have a different point of view um and, exactly. and you can still you can still have a, a civil conversation and, and not agree with each other how do we reverse that how do we go back from where we 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 came to now. Yeah. People people have to realize that not everything warrants a reaction. Um, I mean, people tell me that I look Jewish sometimes. Does that mean that I freak out about it? No. I'm just like, okay, cool, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, but I know plenty of people that would, like, freak out about that and get all, like, bent out of shape over it. And it's just like, why? It's not that important, you know. It's just... <laughs> It's right. crazy. Yeah, somebody, somebody like telling you, well, well, you know, you, you look like this, and you're not, and some people get offended. Now, yeah, it doesn't really necessarily mean the person telling you that thinks, uh, you know, badly of you or is trying to put you I down. Guess. It's just right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and then, it's... so the other, the the other topic that that's sort of relevant to this is the Me Too movement. Now, the Me Too mm-hmm. movement, it, you know, it it. it its intentions are good, and I agree with most of what it's um, – well, not most of, all of the things that it's trying to accomplish. But, however, some people have hijacked it, and, and they've, they've turned it um, – you know, there was a, there's a statue that comes to mind. There's a statue, a famous statue of a sailor kissing a nurse. Uh, it's, yes. it's in San Diego. Yeah. Did you hear about this? So this statue is, is depicts this picture that was taken – Right at, at the end of World War II, when it's announced mm-hmm. that Japan has surrendered and World War II is over, uh, it's in Times Square, and the sailor just spontaneously kisses this nurse. So it's an iconic photograph, and there's a statue of it 
in San Diego honoring it. And I think it was a week ago or two weeks ago, somebody vandalized it and, and you know, with paint, wrote hashtag oh me too on it. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was, it was all over the news. And uh, I, I, don't, I just don't get it. So what, what do you think about this, um, people hijacking the Me Too movement for their own benefits? Yeah. Um, well, um, in the August issue of Penthouse, uh, my colleague uh, Leah McSweeney wrote an excellent piece. And, um, I mean, people tore her to pieces over it, but it's something that needed to be said. And she talks about, you know, the toxic side of it, which is, you know, there's unfortunately plenty of women out there that will say that they were raped or they will say that so-and-so touched me here and blah, blah, blah. But they're only allegations and they're not proven. And so what Leah talked about was, you know, kind of what happened with Anthony Bourdain, Asia Argento. Um, and she talked about how, you know, they, they basically hijacked this entire movement. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I feel sorry for the actual victims because there are people that are actually raped and there are people that are actually assaulted, but there's also plenty of females out there that turn it for their own gain. And there's plenty of people out there that will enter into something consensually and then turn around and call it rape. And that's not right. You know, right. And, um, just to go one step further, you know, back when the Kavanaugh thing happened, um, you know, I, I, I kind of stayed off of that on Instagram and stuff, but, um, you know, one day I couldn't help myself and I posted about it and, um, you know, some random follower who I don't even know personally was like, well, I liked you up until now. And this is when I unfollow because you're a woman and you should back up Christine Blossy Ford. And it's like, no, hold it. Like, no, there's no proof. First of all, it's allegations. Okay. So just because I'm a woman, does that mean that I have to back up Dr. Christine Blossy Ford because I'm a female? Or do I think about it critically and think, okay, look, like, you know, X, Y, and Z might have happened, but it's not proven. So there's something in this country called due process, and this is why it's important, you know. And I feel sorry for men these days where their entire life can be, I mean, ruined over, like, this kind of a witch hunt you know, where people just follow when things aren't even proven. It's just allegations. And it's, you know, that kind of falls into the whole group sync mentality, which is really scary. And it just makes me wonder, like, can people not even think for themselves anymore? Like, do they just yeah, follow? I, I agree with you. Maybe. I think that's a problem that we have, not just not just regarding the Me Too movement, but in society in general. Um People don't realize that our system is uh, innocent until proven guilty. But if somebody makes an allegation against you, especially an allegation which is unpopular in political terms, or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. in, in the politi- political correctness terms, uh, you're automatically automatically uh, um, categorized as, as, as someone evil. Um, you said something about the Me Too movement and, and the effects of, of, you know, you feel sorry for men. Now I know some some of my friends um, who who are really he- 
hesitant about talking to to women at bars or at a club or something where you know before they would they would go on and talk to them and you know try to start a conversation flirt with them yep but now they're hes- hesitant about that of um, course and mm-hmm. right right because they they don't know well she might get offended she might you know yeah go to security something like that um do you think that that's healthy for society in the long run where men don't approach women like that because no um no, no. okay no um you know so like this past sunday um i live in dallas and i'm close to white rock lake so that's a big lake and i take my bike around there like every sunday and it's about 10 miles so i rode on on sunday and some random guy you know came up to me and said wow you're really hard to catch and it was a <laughs> completely innocent friendly thing right and right. i talked to him you know and I, he he asked me you know where i work and blah 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 and whatever but I know plenty of women that would freak out and be like, oh, my God, like, so-and-so talked to me, and it was just really weird, and it was just, you know, and I really feel for men right now, because if I were a man right now, I I would be paranoid. I would feel like, hey, like, there's a girl that I think's really hot, but I don't know if I can talk to her or even just say anything, because I'm not sure how she'll take that or if she'll take it out of context or think that I'm, you know, you know, out of line. Um, So, you know, and I think that there's a certain way to doing things, but I also think that right now um, things are incredibly slanted toward men and there's like this anti-man verbiage going on where it's just kind of like men are the enemy and women are innocent and it's just like no man like there's a lot of crazy women out there too i mean come on you know (laughs) i'm not i'm not gonna say anything because i'm a man but uh, (laughs) (laughs) but how how do we how do we get here Uh, how do how do we get here um what is in your opinion what happened that that we we came here um i definitely think it has to do with uh, you know, being PC, and I think that that was just overblown, um, and I think it's become amplified, and I think that, you know, um, I mean, God, like, a few years back with the Starbucks, like, we had, what, like, Santa Claus and Snowman, I think, on uh, Starbucks cups, and then people got, you know, pissed about that, and then all of a sudden it was just like yeah. a red cup. And then it was like the Dove ad, I think it was uh, last year or 2017. It was an ad that Dove did over, you know, it was like white women and black women and they were changing and people just made that all about race. I personally didn't see anything about race in it. Um, You know, so I think just small things like that have just gotten completely blown out of proportion um in your opinion in your opinion do you think that the media is at fault in, in, in a way and when i say that i'm not trying to make the media look evil but i'm saying yeah. they take a story that's that's interesting and and they they talk about that story and they project or they make a, a smaller issue a much bigger issue by giving it attention do you think they're at fault in that way 
Uh, definitely. Sometimes that does happen, yes, uh, because obviously there's things like clickbait and you want, you know, views and page views and shares and all that type of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and I will say that, you know, something like um, my colleague Leo's piece, that ran in Penthouse, but that piece would probably n- never run in something like Glamour or something like uh, – um, the New Yorker Cosmos. or <laughs> yeah, yeah. that wouldn't run in those uh, because um, you know and for a long time I uh, subscribed to, to Glamour and I liked Glamour for a long time but um, the last couple of issues I've kind of noticed like an uptick just in how their articles are written uh, where it's very much slanted toward like anti-man like they they had a um, issue, I think it was the January issue, and it talked about FIRE, which is like a method of investing. And I, I, I actually have these tear sheets in my house, but they talked about how basically it's easier to do it if you're a white man to invest money and all this stuff, right? And I read that and I laughed because I'm like, no, like all it has to do is being smart with your money. <laughs> That's all it has to do with. And <laughs> right. um, it has to do with knowing how to run business and just being, you know, savvy. So why are we making this about gender? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just crazy. Well, do, do, you, do you think they do that on purpose to try to sell issues? I mean, it's one thing Probably. to have a t- – uh, yeah, I, I think so, too. It's, it's one thing yeah. to have an article that says you can be smart with your money. It's another thing that says it's easier if you're white and you're male to, to invest. So, um, yeah, I'm going to play, I'm going to play devil, devil's advocate for a while mm-hmm. and I'm going to, and I'm going to swing it, the pendulum on you. And I'm going to say, well, the Me Too movement and all these other related issues that we were talking about is necessary and it's needed, which I agree. But the reason that men are the enemy is because throughout the years they have deserved it and they, they, they've acted in ways where they, uh, you know, they, they didn't give women the rights uh, uh, that they deserve. And when I say rights, I am not talking about, you know, the rights that's granted by, like, right to vote and stuff like that. I'm saying they're not treated fairly at, at work. They're, they're treated like sex, sex objects and things like that. So uh, I think we need to be so extreme in order for, for them to realize what's happening and, and change their behavior. What do you think about that? Yeah, but I I honestly feel like it goes both ways. Um, okay. There are plenty of, yeah, like slimy men that, yeah, like will make off-color comments. But there's also plenty of women that will blow things out of the water for no reason. And they amplify things for no reason. You know? I mean, just like last Sunday, like that guy that, you know, that I found – by the lake where I ride my bike, you know, oh my God, it was really hard to catch up to you. All right, cool. Awesome. You know, but I know in this climate that a lot of women probably would have taken that a little out of context and been maybe, you know, scared or something, you know, and I, I, I get my share of freaks because I write for penthouse because I mean, (laughs) 
I've had a lot of guys say, yeah, you know, um, I've got a story. Do you want to proofread it for me? Sure. Okay. Can I have your number? No. <laughs> you can send it to my email just like everybody else. You know, so there are, yeah, definitely like some, you know, thirsty guys out there. Yes. But right. I I sometimes feel like things are just really amplified, like for no reason, you know. I agree with um, you. I, I could I could see someone overreacting if a man, uh, if you're riding your bike around the lake and a man comes up to you and says, "Oh, it's so hard to catch you." I I, I could see people freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but me, I, like I was just like, said, "Hey, man, what's up?" Yeah. <laughs> I like I, I like your reaction to him, and I also like what you said. Is, is it goes both ways? I think a, a lot of people look to blame others and not. Uh, take responsibility themselves in. And I'm not just talking about women and men. Yeah, I'm talking about in general in society. And it's it's seeped into other areas, you know, the Me Too movement and things like that. Um, I'm going to say something controversial, and it's controversial (laughs) only because I'm a man. But um, you're absolutely right. There's lots of slime bag men out there, but there's lots of uh, crazy, for lack of a better word, crazy women out there. Um, And it's... it's a shame, but I think um, I, I think that leads to all this uh, unnecessary evil talk about each other and, and, and unnecessary um, blowing up of, of small issues that we were talking about. Um, yeah. Let, let's yeah. go back a little bit about the intrusive effects of censorship in the media. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit, and, you know, the example you gave about your your colleague who did an article for Vice years ago, and, and he's getting uh, ripped a new one for it now. Um, what are some of the other things? Uh, uh, well, I take that back. We talked. You said it that um, it, it it hinders the freedom of press. Um, let's elaborate a little bit on that. And I'm guessing what you mean is, if you want to write an article, now you're you're not going to be free to write what you want to because you're going to be worried that you're going to get uh, a backlash or censored in the future. Um, Is is that something that that you worry about now as a writer? Um, I think when you're a writer, um, if you're a true writer, you just have to write and not really care about how it's going to be taken because people will never be happy for what you did or didn't do. People will never be satisfied, ever. So as a writer... You just got to write and put your voice out there, and people can take it for what it is, you know? It's, uh, yeah. You so know? basically, you, you, you write for people to consume, but at the same time, you don't write to satisfy them necessarily. You write to satisfy yourself. Is, is that correct? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Because um, I think when you're a journalist, um, you're – Many times you're a voice for the voiceless, and you're saying what people are too sheepish to say. Um, I know, you know, there's maybe two friends of mine from uh, high school that are teachers now that want to talk about, you know, how kids can, like, choose their gender now, but they but they can't actually talk about it because they'll get fired, stuff like that. So. I think when you're a journalist that you're that you're kind of a voice for others that don't have a voice or can't due to their job or whatever, you know. Um That's actually that's actually very true. I like that. I agree with you. Yeah, you know, and 
but, you know, you can't be a writer if you're going to constantly worry about what people think because no one's ever going to be happy with your choices ever. Like it's impossible. So, you know, especially so, nowadays. Especially exactly. Nowadays. So, you know, yeah. and I've had people in the past get mad at me because I don't give a crap that they're not happy. I'm just like, okay, like you're not happy. Cool. You're happy. Cool. Whatever. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm very apathetic about whether people like or don't like what I write. Um, you know, but I think that that's how you have to be when you're a writer or even when, when you're a, you know, an actor or an actress or a stand-up comic, you just got to put it out there, you know, and people can take it for how it is, you know? Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't let people, um, you know, take away your, your, your the quality of work that you want to put out. Um, yeah. Let's go on a little bit of, yeah. of a lighter, lighter subject. <laughs> you're okay. a writer. You written all these articles. You also have two books uh, that you wrote, and and one of them is is a self help book, and um, it's a coffee table book. I wish it was a coffee table book about coffee tables, but uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it's called Pardon Me for Being Proud. Correct? Yes. Yeah. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that 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 book, and uh, and is it available to people if they want to purchase it? Can they get it on Amazon or or any uh, any other platform? Yes. Yeah, um, both of them are on Amazon. Um, that book was inspired by um, kind of a really weird time in, in my life. Um, so my first book uh, took me four years, and that book, the first book, actually helped me to get into Penthouse uh, due to the sex scenes that were in my book. Uh, so the first my, book that you're talking about is your is your fictional novel that's for 300 pages, right? Yes, yes. Um, so what happened was I, I published that book and at the time, um, I was in Florida. My mom lives in Florida and I went to college in Florida and, uh, I started to notice that some people weren't really happy for that breakthrough. And I, I'm not saying that people have to go and write a book or do like, you know, like a copy of, what I'm doing, but, um, I started to get some really jealous people and I had never, uh, witnessed anything like that. Um, it was really weird. Um, so one day, uh, my mom, uh, was on Facebook and, uh, she saw a thread and it was a bunch of girls and they're all talking about me, making fun of me and saying, you know, that I was, a you know ever successful book author who's drowning in sales and all the I mean just horrible stuff and these are girls that I thought were friends uh these were girls that I knew for about eight years and it did kind of hurt at the time but then um I went home and I drew out an outline and that's how part of me for being proud happened and the main focus of that book is, you know, to not stifle your ambition to make others happy. Uh, so, you know, to this day, I don't understand why those girls got jealous. Um, I made something happen for myself that was a lifelong dream. Um, I mean, it's not like a bestseller or anything like that, but the main point is to get the message out there. And that's, that's what my goal was. Uh, you know, but uh, 
part of me for being proud talks about just, you know, like if you have a dream or a plan, go for it and realize that sometimes when you're chasing something that not everybody will be happy for you. And I, I really do think that once you start, um, you know, crashing ceilings is when you find out who your true friends are. That's true. That's great. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And that, that was my first taste of it. Um, and it was weird. Um, you know, cause as far as I'm concerned, like people can do anything that they want, you know, but what it comes down to is putting in the time and the effort. And a lot of people don't do that. So I think, you know, um, people that find fault in what you've created for, for yourself are typically the people that, that gave up, you know? So. That's interesting. I, I was listening to a podcast. Um, I, I don't remember who it was, but they were talking about uh, how – I think it was Kobe Bryant, actually. Uh, mm. He was talking about, you know, we, we teach our kids or we tell our kids when they're growing up, uh, you can be anything you want to be which is true, but we also don't tell them that, yeah, you can be anything you want to be, but you actually have to work for it. You have to work hard for it. You can be an yeah. astronaut, but you, you just can't be an astronaut because you want to. You have to actually go out there and learn and study and do things. And I, I think it's the same thing with what you just said right now. You have to work hard for whatever it is you want to do. You have to work hard at it. If not, nobody's going to just hand it to you. Yeah, true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a pleasure speaking with you. Um, we could talk about uh, the topics we were talking about for days, but I, I know you <laughs> have things to do and, and articles to write. Uh, it was a pleasure. Hopefully, we have yeah. you on uh, later on. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Uh, good luck, and I look forward to reading some of your work. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you.